0: Well, hallelujah, praise God, everybody. It's good to be back here on Into His Word podcast. And I'm glad you tuned in because I think we have something good for you today. So as you grab your Bibles and uh, prepare, because I know you brought your Bibles to the podcast today, uh, let's bow our heads and pray and ask for the will of God, ask God to open our hearts as as we, our individual selves, open our mind uh, to receive, with us saith the Lord, and to receive his written word. Because remember, this word is inspired by God. So Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we come to you in prayer right now, God, asking you to touch our hearts, touch our minds, and touch our souls. Lord, we pray for the situation at hand in the society, God, how, how this uh, COVID-19 has overtaken the world with the, with the sickness, God. So we pray for healing and deliverance from this, Lord, from the individuals and their families, Lord, and comfort for those that have lost loved ones and uh, and those families, God, of the people that have gone on. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ for healing for those who are laying in their rooms uh, sick of a cold or distraught and angry and upset and discouraged, Lord, I pray that you heal and touch them, Lord, in a special way. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. So we come today and we'll be reading, uh, we're going to start our reading in the book of Ruth. So... Ruth, R-U-T-H. So while you're there, uh, while you're getting there, I'll give you the introduction. You know, a lot of things happen in people's lives and and we don't really expect them to happen, but they happen. So with these things happening, uh, we need to be prepared the best way that they can. And a good example of this is what everybody is hearing about on the news, which seems to be the main focal part in the news today, and also uh, what we seem to be going through in society, which was mentioned in prayer, the COVID-19. Uh, ready or not, it came. Uh, we heard about it coming uh, from overseas, and some of you may be overseas. I want to take a moment out to say thank you for those that are listening across the United States. Uh, uh, Kentucky, got a few new people from Kentucky, uh, Los Angeles area, Louisiana, Alaska, and England, a few, just to name a few of the newcomers, we do appreciate that so much. Uh, Be sure to tell a friend and come on down and listen to Into His Word podcast, brought to you by Lily of the Valley. Well, okay. Okay. Now that you have your Bibles, I guess I should open mine, too. Let me open my Bible up to the book of Ruth. Hallelujah, praise God. Uh, let's see here. Ruth, chapter 1. And we're going to go to chapter 1, verse 3. Ruth chapter 1. Praise God. Ruth chapter 1, and we'll start at verse 3. And here's what it says. And Imelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she left her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab, and the name of one was Ophrah, and the name of the other Ruth, and they dwelled there about ten years. Well, praise God, hallelujah. Well, this is an interesting story, but it's not so much about the story of Ruth, although we will touch on the story of Ruth. Remember, uh, some of you don't know the story of Ruth, and I could share with you, Ruth had a husband. She got married, as we read, and she married, and the husband died is what happened. He died unexpectedly. Uh, When he died unexpectedly, can you imagine what Ruth was going to, going through? I'm sorry. Ruth, when she married her husband, her plans was to have a family. Her plans was one day to be a mother. Her plans was one day to have her own house, a place to clean. But God had a whole other plan for Ruth's life. And the thing about it is, just like the COVID-19, ready or not, we have to be prepared. We have to be prepared for whatever comes our way or get prepared in a very quick way. Now, what took place here is that with Ruth being ready to have her family and suddenly lose everything, she got discouraged. The name of this title is Ready or Not. The name of this message, I'm sorry, uh, this study is Ready or Not. Because God called Ruth. She wasn't ready to be called. But she made her decision based off the experiences that she experienced and heard about Naomi and her people, the Moabites. You see, Ruth heard that the Moabites had always been blessed by God. And Ruth, not being a Moabitus, a Moabite, she wanted to be blessed by God as well. So if you still have your Bibles open, we can read here as, as Naomi was trying to tell Ruth, you know, your husband died, which was my son. Ruth, why don't you just go on back and be with your family? Go on back, Ruth, and just be the person that you want to be. Because go on back to your own ways, because I'm going to go on back home and be who I was and worship my God. But Ruth had it in her heart that she didn't want to worship or go back to what she was at before, perhaps worshiping a false god, perhaps not having any blessings from God that she had witnessed the blessings coming from, Uh, Naomi and and her people the Moabites so Ruth asked her and in verse 16 it says this and Ruth said entreat me that that I not leave thee or to return from following after thee for whether thou goest I will go and where thou lodgest I will lodge thy people shall be my people and thy God will be my God And that's the point I want to bring forth here. There was a hunger. There was a thirst in Ruth's life to where a God that she didn't know, only heard about a God that she had not had a relationship with, but saw the manifestations and heard about the the blessings and the effects in the life of that God in Judah. She wanted to go and be a part of that family. And later on, you can read in the book, later on, she was blessed. But she had a made-up mind to turn from her old lifestyle. Ready or not, hallelujah, sometimes you just gotta jump out there. Ruth had experienced some tribulation, some some rockiness in her life, some upsets in her life, some stress, if you would, Uh, distress, uh, tribulation, In the Webster's Dictionary is described as distress or something resulting from oppression or persecution. She was in distress. She had lost her husband. All hope was gone. All prospects was gone for Ruth to have a family. It was history. She was distressed. But through her willingness, she saw a light down the tunnel. She saw a light in the the eyes of Naomi. There was hope. Although Naomi had lost her son, her two sons, there was still hope in Naomi's eyes that said, I'm going back to Judah where the blessings are. I'm going to go back and worship my God. And Ruth saw that hope and she wanted to be a part of that hope. And she wanted to grasp hold of it. No matter what it took, no matter who was going to not go along with her, Ruth made up her mind. And she said, I want to go with you and your God. I want your God to be my God. And whether you go, I'm going to go. Because I want those blessings. How many of you today are saying in your heart and in your mind that some things have got to change, ready or not? This is just something to think about. Let's take a look at Matthew, the tax collector. Matthew was a businessman, but a tax collector as well. Now, as a tax collector, the Romans and a businessman, and this area where they lived, Palestine, was controlled by the Romans. So the Romans approached Matthew and put him, in a, uh, put him in a contract to work with him, with them to collect taxes. So as they're collecting the taxes, as Matthew was getting ready to prepare to collect the taxes, Matthew found a way to where he could extract more taxes than what was actually due, or extort let me use that word again, extort more taxes than what was actually due by Matthew living this type of life of extortion but he didn't do it himself. He employed someone else. This is the way the system worked for the tax collectors during uh, most tax collectors. I can't say all of them. I wasn't there but according to the historians this is the way it worked for Matthew and not only Matthew there was another tax collector too. that. That did the same principle as Matthew. And the Bible records the other uh, tax collector as being very rich at what he was doing. So in other words, they would increase the tax that was due. Uh, uh, So if it was a $5 tax, it might be a $15 tax imposed upon the Jewish people. This was a burden. This was stressful upon the people because they were poor. They weren't rich people. They weren't making a lot of money, most of them. But nevertheless, they had to impose this tax because the Romans wanted them to. And for Matthew to make a little extra money, it was, we could say, a double tax. Known as the publicans. uh, Hallelujah. So these tax collectors was known as publicans and maybe perhaps today the republicans. So as they taxed him and he got rich or wealthy or well-to-do, he had a nice house The Bible tells us that later on, Jesus and other disciples met at Matthew's house. Hallelujah. And Jesus, what am I talking about? Turn, if you would, your Bibles uh, to the book of uh, Matthew chapter 9. We're going to go over there, and then we're going to go to Luke later on. Matthew chapter 9. I'm turning my Bible there as well. Yes. No big hurry. We got it. Now, we're in the book of Matthew chapter 9. And we'll read it verse 9. Matthew 9 and 9. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. For he said unto him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. Now a disciple, let's remember, a disciple is a student of Jesus. But he was in the house, in Matthew's house. Jesus went to Matthew. Now, Matthew was, a, was not an up-and-up, an up, upright person. Matthew was a deceptive tax collector. Matthew was double-charging the people. He had a crooked life. Uh, Matthew wasn't perfect, but nevertheless, Jesus still called Matthew to the, minist- uh, to the ministry. Yeah, he called him to the ministry. He made him a disciple. He made him a follower because the Bible says, although Matthew wasn't right, Matthew had heard about Jesus. Matthew had heard about all the healings and the miracles that Jesus had done. Matthew, no doubt, had heard and maybe even read the Old Testament where it said, somebody else is going to come. Hallelujah. He probably heard John's message that says, somebody's going to come who's greater than me, whose shoes I'm not worthy to tie. Hallelujah. So Matthew immediately stopped all what he was doing, and followed Jesus. Let's read about it again in in the book of Luke. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, chapter 5. And we're going to start at verse 27, Luke 5 and 27. But I say unto you, which hear, love, wrong one. Sorry about that. Luke 5 and 27. After these things, he went forth and saw a publican named Levi, because Matthew is the same, is really, is Levi, either and or. Luke just chose to use the name Levi instead of using his name Matthew. It's like, uh, my name is, uh, like your name might be Michael, and if you speak Spanish, it may be pronounced Miguel. So, same thing, same person, Uh, similar example. So, after the verse 27, after these things, he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of custom. In other words, he was sitting at the place, he was doing his business, he was collecting taxes. That's what he was doing. He was a tax collector, he was sitting there collecting the money. Remember, double, 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 not just a regular $5, but $10, $15, or $20 extra and stuffing a little extra money in his pocket. He was extorting the taxes from the people. Hallelujah. And he said unto him, follow me, verse 28, and he and he left all, he left it all. He left all the riches. He left all the benefit. He left all the worldly lures, everything that was offered to him from being a tax collector, he left it all. And once he left it, he said he rose up and followed him, and Levi made him a great feast in his own house, and there was a great company of publicans and others that sat down with them. Same story that we just read about in Matthew, Luke being a physician, perhaps he had a tendency to be a little detailed, more detail oriented. He told the story right there. But notice, he said a great feast. This, this, was, this is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And you've called me from my crooked ways, from my deceitfulness. It, hallelujah. Took me away from oppressing and pressing the people. That's some tribulation. Tra- causing trial and anguish and discouragement upon the people to put me into your ministry. Hallelujah. Ready or not. He wasn't ready, and he did not want to go, I'm sure, deep inside, but he saw what was going on. He saw on the outside that there was something more than was going on on the inside. He just had to be there. He had to go. He had to do it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Matthew. All right. So we talked about Matthew, but what was it in Matthew's heart? That made him want to give it up. He didn't want the money, although the money was great. I believe deep in my heart that he had a a feeling of sorrow, but he couldn't just break loose on his own. Jesus must have known that and came by and called him and said, follow me. So he just took off and followed him. But this was not the case in Judas Iscariot. Judas, one of the original 12 disciples of Jesus Christ, called, hallelujah, followed Jesus, saw the miracles, heard the truth, walked in truth, walked with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He got a chance to see God in flesh, according to Timothy. Hallelujah, he got to see God Almighty. And, but he, he had something in his heart. Perhaps Judas just wanted to rise up and be honored and be the first place in the religious world instead of Jesus Christ. Maybe Judas wanted that attention and was jealous and envious of everything that Jesus Christ got. Now, let's keep in mind that Judas had money as well. and He wanted more money. Judas, he was appointed a disciple and he had hopes of advancement, but those hopes were shattered. And here, let's go to John, get your Bible, hallelujah. We're going to go to John chapter 12. John chapter 12, if you have it, say amen. (laughs) Amen. John chapter 12 and verse 6. Then he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and he had the bag and bear that was in. Verse 7, Then said Jesus, Let her alone against the day of my bearing has she kept this. Hallelujah. So Judas had money in his bag. we go back up a little bit more. We can read in verse 4, And it says, then saith one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? As you can see, his mind was all about money. He didn't have any care about the poor. Jesus came to the poor. Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. And today he's still reaching out trying to seek and save which is lost. Today he's still using people, using this podcast, using whatever means he can to reach the lost, to reach the poor, and to save a a world that's dying and on their way to a a place where they really wouldn't want to go. But through Jesus Christ, he can and he will help us all. To make it, John thirteen and twenty nine says, for some of them thought because Judas had the bag that Jesus had said unto him, buy those things which ye have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. This very same Jesus betrayed. Uh, sorry, this very same Judas would later on betray Jesus. He sold Jesus for thirty pieces of silver. And he told the Romans, because the Romans didn't know who he was in a big crowd of people, but they needed to know for sure who he was. Judas said, I'm going to go and kiss this guy in the cheek. I'm paraphrasing, and this is the one that you should subdue. All for 30 pieces of silver. How unfortunate it was for Judas to trade in his salvation for money. There's a lot of people today they trade in their salvation for riches and gold and fame and fortune in this life. But as in Judas's example, once he realized what he had done, the Bible tells us that he went and died. He killed himself. It was the pride of life in 1 John 2 and 16 and the love of money. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. Not that we have to work and make money honestly. Hallelujah. But it's the love. That's an intense desire. They got to have it no matter what. It's the love of money. In 1 Timothy, again, 6 and 10, the love of money is the root of all evil. Many people don't quote that whole scripture. Many people just say the love of money. But it is, uh, no, they don't even say that. They just say money is the root of all evil. But it's the love of money which is the root of all evil the pride of life uh, Judas he 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 his ambitions were shot once Jesus came around and, and Jesus got the attention and Jesus was healing and touching and the other disciples was there whatever Jesus thoughts was Judas um Judas's thoughts were Judas couldn't be the number 1 disciple it was all done it was over it was over for Judas to the point to where He had to go out and kill himself when the the Pharisees wouldn't take that money back when he tried to get a refund. The refund was non-refundable. It was too late. They had what they had wanted, Jesus Christ, so that they can continue and go and persecute him. But Judas, Judas missed out and Judas felt bad because he couldn't get his refund and stop the whole process. How many times have we gone to the store and we tried to get a refund and they said, look at the sign on the wall, sir, ma'am. It says, sorry, no refund. And so now you're stuck with your consequences of what you did and what you bought. Oh, we've all been there one time or another. It makes you want to go back and double uh, double think some things next time around. Maybe you want to read the writing on the wall a little bit closer. Read the fine print. It says, If you buy this, there is no refund with or without the receipt. Well, Judas didn't have a receipt. <laughs> but nevertheless, they told him no refund. Praise God, we can still get our lives right while we can. We can still live for Jesus while we can. Jesus has given us a receipt. He has given us a a, a receipt that's refundable. And that receipt that's refundable is called repentance and remission of sins and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, according to Acts chapter 2, verse 38. For the remission, for the forgiveness, for the buying back of our sins, that's what remission is, redeemed. He has redeemed us by his blood. He has taken us and brought us to a place, hallelujah, where we can say, God, forgive me of my sins. I was once like a Judas, God. I traded you in for the things of the world, hallelujah. I wasn't ready, but hallelujah, and I did not want to serve you. Oh, but ready or not, God, you called Judas and he forsake you. Ready or not, God, you called called Matthew, hallelujah, and he hung in with you to the end, oh, praise God, I love you, Jesus, and there's an opportunity for you today, you listener to Into His Word podcast, there's an opportunity for you today to change your life and say, yes, God, yes, God, I need to change my life, I don't want to be like that, I want to change, I want to change, I want to change. There's another character, another person. These are real-life situations. Can you imagine having all the strength, all the might to be able to beat the enemies single-handedly, 500, 1,000 at a time, just using a jawbone, hallelujah, strength to tear down temples, mighty man, if you would, hallelujah, being like uh, the Hulk Hogan or, or the Arnold Schwarzenegger of the day. Well, that's what Samson was. He was like the Arnold Schwarzenegger or the the strongest man of the day. But he was only that way when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Samson, a Nazarite, his mother took the vow. This guy had a calling in his life from a youth. And that Nazarite vow said he couldn't do certain things, but he went ahead and did one of the things which was defiled. He broke the covenant, he broke the agreement that his people live by and that his mother had made hallelujah to God regarding Samson's life. There are some of you out there listening at the words of my voice whose parents have made a vow to God for you, that you're going to be a child of God, that you're going to live for God, and that you're going to do things for God. But somewhere down the line, a Delilah had come into your life and you told Delilah, The secret. Or you just gave in to Delilah and her delightful ways in your eyes. Hallelujah. And that's what took place in Samson. Samson gave in to Delilah. Samson was strong. He defeated the 30 Philistines. Hallelujah. You can read about Samson and his life in the book of Judges. Judges 14 and 19. Judges 16 and 15. He fell by the lust of the flesh he had that trial. we all have trials, but Jesus said he'll make a way of escape out of that trial, and it's called the temptation he was tempted temptation by the lust of the eye hallelujah with the with Delilah and and, and that Delilah stroking him softly. Samson, tell me your secret. How many times have you been involved in the situation in life uh, where it just strokes you softly? It says, ah, tell me your secrets. Oh, I'll tell you the calm and cool things. Oh, I'll give you what you want. Oh, I love you so much. Oh, you're the great guy. Oh, you're the great woman. Hallelujah. And you've been deceived. Hallelujah. And gave away your secret. Hallelujah. And God took away your strength and if hallelujah and your strength could only be in the Holy Ghost and a sound mind and a sound heart oh hallelujah and God took it away hallelujah but God through his grace he gave you a way of escape he gave you a way of vindication hallelujah you can step on the devil's head in the the natural or in the spiritual I should say you can step on the devil's head Crush his head, praise God, and said, devil, get thee behind me as it is written. But one last time, God, I'm going to come to a place of repentance, Lord. And just one more time, God, I need help from you, God. Just one more time, Lord, help me to defeat the enemy, God. I'm going to sacrifice my praise. I'm going to sacrifice my fleshly desires. I'm going to sacrifice myself, God, just to, just to give me some help, Lord. Give me some help to get over these Philistines in my life so I can live for you, God. So let us turn our Bibles to the book of Judges, chapter 16. Hallelujah. Judges, chapter 16, records a lot of the life of Samson. And as it's recording the life of Samson and as we're turning there, we're going to go to, uh, let's see here, verse, verse 16, or verse 15. And we're going to start right there because this tells a lot of details to the story. And it says this, And she said unto him, Delilah, Speaking to Samson, she said unto him, How canest thou say, I love thee when thy heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. So Samson knew where his strength lied. And many of us, many of you listening right now, you know where your strength lies. You know where your weaknesses are. You know where your strong points are. You know that if you do this, you'll fall to the wayside. And you know that if you do that, whatever this and that are, hallelujah, that you'll be stronger in God, that you can go forth in God, and you may have to give up some things. Samson knew where his strength was. Verse 16, and it came to pass when she pressed him, when she kept pressuring him, when she put him through that tribulation of oppression or pressing, pressing, persecution, The uh, persecution comes, press comes from persecution. So that pressing, persecuting him, saying, tell me, tell me. She said it pressed him. She kept nagging daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed. To death. Verse seventeen That he told her all his heart, and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. And I have and if I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like other men. Hallelujah. This, he gave up the secret. All because Delilah was stroking his head. Oh, how can you say you love me when you have deceived me these three times before? How can you really say that you love me? Oh, I tell you, the adversary can come to you with some cunning words as he did Eve and beguile you, which means to trick you and to fool you. Oh, surely God had not said if you repent that you and be born again of the water and of the spirit that you won't make it to heaven. Well, that's that's the basic part. That's the basics. That's the start. Oh, and that is necessary. Read it for yourself. It's in the book, the Bible, when I say the book. Hallelujah. It's there. It's there for us to read, for us to consume, for us to practice, for us to take part in. Praise God. It is there. But Samson, he gave it up. He gave up the secret, and the enemy came in and captured him. When we give up our secrets to weaknesses, when we give up our secret to overcoming power, when we say, well... We, if, if we just give in to I love money and I'm willing to do whatever it is for it, or or I love that girl and, and I'm willing to do whatever it is for it uh, for her, uh, whether it be against my own will or what uh, do what's right instead of doing what's wrong. Hallelujah, We just gave it up, gave up our opportunity to do what's right. And that's what happened to Samson. He gave up his opportunity to continue in the right path, going down the right ways. Hallelujah, in the Nazarite vow. He defiled himself, he let down his mother, and he defied the people of, uh, hallelujah, his tribe that he came from. Oh, the Nazarites. There must have been a disappointed group of people. And he must have felt pretty bad as as the Romans rushed in and Plowed out his eyes. They captured Samson and Samson tried. And you'll try, you'll try to bounce back with all your strength, with all your might once you've given up your secret. But it's just not enough because the adversary had already come in and overtaken you. And you try and you try and you try, but it just won't work in the flesh. It won't work. But now you got to go through some pain. You got to go through some tribulation. You got to go through some heartaches. You got to go through some things now. Just like Samson, he had to go through some things. He went through some problems. They put him in prison. They gouged out his eyes. No, they just didn't poke him out. Uh, If you do the research, the historian said they gouged him out. That was painful to have your eyeballs gouged out. Hallelujah. They may have used a a hot iron, but they gouged them out, according to the historian's. He had no eyes, his black holes, his black sockets in his eyes, probably blood running down from where it was. I'm telling you, there's a lot of blood that goes on, hallelujah, in the spiritual and in the natural. Jesus Christ wasted his blood. He didn't waste it. He, his blood ran out to, down the Golgotha's hill, praise God, for our souls, for our salvation. Samson shed some blood, hallelujah, and he did it for a purpose, and that purpose would be revealed later. But right now, Samson wasted some... He didn't waste the blood. The blood race came down for a purpose to strengthen Samson, to give him the strength, the the ability to go through some things. Mm. Hallelujah. Somebody said amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. Somebody out there say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm getting a little excited here. Sorry about that. As you start to think... Did he really have to go through that? No. Did he really have to put himself through that? No. Did he even have to get involved with Delilah? No. So as Samson is in prison, what am I doing here? I I was in the favor of God. I've taken the Nazarite vow. My mother prayed for me. I had all the strength I was being used by God to defeat the enemy. And now, here I am, grinding the millstone like an animal that I'm not. I can't even see anymore. This stinks here. It's despicable. Oh, woe with me. When we lose our way, we feel bad about ourselves. We don't seem to think of how good we had it until it's too late. You've heard it said before. You never miss your water until the well runs dry. And this is what happened in Samson's life. He missed it. And now he has to suffer the consequences before the great event. For Samson, his great event is going to be that one last prayer. God, get me to this temple where all the people will be gathered just one more time. Get me there, God, and use me this one last time so I can do a great works for you. For you that are listening to my voice, you may not do that what Samson did. Samson did. But in your heart and in your mind, you may be saying, God, get me to a place of repentance. Get me to an altar, God, a place where I could say, oh, Lord, forgive me, for I have sinned. And I need you in my life, God. I need you, Lord, more than ever. Lord, I need to be born again of the water and of the spirit. Lord, I need to change my ways, whatever it is in your life. Tell Jesus about it. That's what Samson did. So the rest of the story for Samson, you probably already know it. But he got between, he had that little boy that was there carry him up blind. He was being led. Sometimes we got to be led to a place of repentance. Sometimes we got to be led to the altar. Hallelujah. He was led to that physical place where Samson called upon the name of the Lord. That boy stood Samson in between those two pillars that held up the the, 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 the Colosseum where he was. Samson called upon God. God gave him the strength to push those pillars. Uh, can you imagine Samson pushing those pillars? And they began to crumble. They began to come apart. They began to fall. The roof caved in, and Samson sacrificed his life, uh, hallelujah, to take care of those Philistines that was met there at one time for his people (coughs) excuse me so I say can you muster up all the strength that you have commit yourself to this podcast commit yourself to a bible study into his word commit yourself to home bible study Contact us through our website, through our email address. Contact us, especially if you're local. Commit yourself to this because God wants to use you in a mighty way. But we got to get our lives straight. Hallelujah. Just like Jesus Christ. I could talk about Timothy, but we're going to move on down the road. And we're going to talk about the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords. How Jesus Christ manifest in the flesh. God manifests in the flesh. Oh, oh, oh. What are you talking about there? Hallelujah. I'm talking about our magnificent King of Glory. I'm talking about the one that was talked about, hallelujah, in the Old Testament, in Isaiah. Where it says, hallelujah, the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. That's who I'm talking about today. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about in Deuteronomy 6 and 4 where it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the Deuteronomy, this is something that the old Orthodox Jews still practice today. Still tell their children today. Still walk around with the phylacteries, the little box on their foreheads or on their wrists with this word And today. If it's good enough for them, it's good enough for us. The Bible says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Ready or not? Samson wasn't ready for all that he went through with desire, uh, Delilah. He wasn't ready for, to lose his strength. He thought that he could share his secret with her and everything would be all right. He didn't know that she would deceive him. Jesus didn't know that, well, he did know that Judas was going to deceive him. He just had to play it out. Hallelujah. But there's some things that you and I we need to get straight. Let's go to 1 Timothy 3:16. And the Bible tells us 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. It says, "And without controversy great is the mystery of godliness." I'm reading this because I mentioned that Jesus is God. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. My friends, listeners to Into His Word podcast, those that are close, and those that are broad. I ask you this question in all sincerity. I ask you this question with all honesty. I ask you this question because it is relevant to this scripture or this Bible, biblical text that I just read. And it says this, again, I'll read it quickly. First uh, Timothy, chapter three, verse 16. And without controversy, there's no quarrel. There's no argument. There's no, no conflict here. There's this, without a controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit. Hallelujah. Seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed unto the world, and received up into glory. That scripture. One question would be: who is that scripture talking about? Hello? Who? is that scripture talking about? Send me an email. I need to see some answers. Who is that scripture talking about? Let's go to Luke 24 and 51. Luke 24 and 51. But we're going to go back a little bit more. Let's go to Luke 24 and 45. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, thus it is written and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to raise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. What? You mean we got to preach repentance and remission of sins? Just like in the book of Acts chapter 2 and chapter 1 and chapter 8 and chapter 10, just to name a few. In his name, in the name of Jesus, in the name of God? What? Then verse 48 says, and ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry ye in Jerusalem until ye be in due the power among high. So go on into Jerusalem and wait. For the Holy Ghost, basically. And wait, I got something to say about that. I might as well say it right now. There's some of you out there that's been waiting for a long time. Samson was waiting. There was a void in his life. Judas was waiting. There was a void in his life. Hallelujah. Ruth was waiting. She wouldn't give up. Hallelujah. With these voids in their life, something was missing. Something was lacking. And they failed to make the right decision at the right time. But Jesus had still reached out with a help long arm and called them to him. And he's still calling today. He's using various means right now today through this COVID-19. He's trying to reach people. He's trying to reach you right now. Hallelujah. Whosoever will, let him come and drink Freely. From the word of God. Hallelujah. Verse 51. And it came to pass while he blessed them. He was parted from them. And carried up into heaven. What? Wait a minute. Jesus. Was carried up into heaven. We can read about that in Mark chapter 16. And Acts chapter 1. But then we just read about that. In 1 Timothy 3 and 16. So there's your answer. That's who it's talking about. 1 Timothy 3 and 16 is talking about him who had ascended into heaven. Hallelujah. But he's coming back again. And he did. Then. But he's going to come back again for us. And he's looking for a special group of people without spot or blemish, those that's doing his work, those that are living by faith, because the Bible tells us that the just shall live by faith. Give <laughs> my clap in there. Praise God. So, as we come to a conclusion today of this biblical message that was shared with you from into his word podcast. I ask you all to sincerely consider your ways. Consider your walk. There's hope through Jesus. Although everything around us seems to be crumbling, Jesus is still there. Ruth was wayward. Ruth was going to go back to her old ways. But through Naomi, God, Jesus Christ, manifest in the flesh, gave Ruth a way out through her mind, through the example of Naomi, I want to serve your God. Matthew, the tax collector, the extortioner, raising the taxes so he could pocket a little money and give the rest to the Romans. But Matthew, as I said earlier, wasn't by himself. There was a guy named Zacchaeus, and the Bible says he was rich, and he was a tax collector as well, practicing the same business the same ways as Matthew did. As Jesus Christ was walking down the street one day, Jesus told Zacchaeus he was coming to his house. Hallelujah. Jesus wants to visit us. We may not be living and doing what we should be, but Jesus wants to visit us and he wants you to visit with him. It's all there for us. All we have to do is be a willing partaker. Samson. Samson with the vow, the promise from his mother. I believe in my life that most parents especially mothers with that nurturing. They want the best for their babies. They want the best for their little loved ones, their little bundles of joy, especially when they're a boy and especially when they're a girl. It's part of them. They nurture these kids. Some people may not have a natural child, but they have children and they nurture them as if they're their very own. And they want nothing but the best for them. Nothing but the best. And they say a vow or a prayer. They say, God, I'm going I'm to say this vow, this prayer, and this child's going to live for you. And I'm going to show this child the way. I'm going to show this baby the way. And I'm going to teach this baby the way. And this baby, when they're old, I'm trusting that this baby's going to live for you. Hallelujah. That's what happened in Samson's life. And the Bible tells us that train up a child in the way that he is uh, must go. And when he's old, he will not depart therefrom. As in the story of Samson, he got older in prison. And finally, he didn't depart from the way that he was raised. He knew the one true God was bringing victory again. He had memories while he was toiling, going through that, Tribulation in the prison and he called upon the name of the Lord which is a strong tower and he got delivered maybe not the way that he thought he would have earlier on in life but he was delivered and delivered the children of Israel as that sacrifice so come all ye that are weary and heavy laden The Bible says, and I will give you rest. That's Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So right now, find a place to pray. Say your prayer of repentance. It would go something like this, where you ask God to forgive you of your shortcomings and of your sins. And might as well, the Bible tells us that He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. That's a forgiving God. He forgave Samson. Hallelujah. And he can forgive you too. He's forgiven thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and millions of people that have found an altar. Whether it be in their house, whether it be at the church. And they said, oh, God, forgive me, for I'm a man or a woman of unclean lips. My life is a mess, and I need to get it right. He's found them, and he's searching. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro on the earth, and he's looking. Today is your day of salvation, and now is the acceptable time. May the Lord richly bless your life. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to Into His Word podcast. Our email address is my L-O-V-A-T That's my love at gmail.com I look forward to your messages. I look forward to meeting you here again by inspiration Listen frequently. Share with your friends, relatives, and neighbors. Hallelujah. Because these words that we have read, these words that I speak, are the words of the Bible. And they are spirit. And they are life. I'm getting ready to leave this world. I'm getting ready for this. Gates of Pearl Keeping my record right Watching both day and night I'm getting ready To leave this world